Mutability. Welcome to Nature's Lead. This is a podcast available at naturelead.com that both examines and inspires a certain approach towards life that is based both on personal philosophies and on the writings of people such as Emerson and Thoreau. Please send any feedback to info at naturelead.com or drop a comment onto the blog at naturelead.com or even onto iTunes or wherever you get the feed from. And if you're new to the podcast, I encourage you to listen to any prior episodes to get a better feel for things. This is Series 1, Episode 19, Title, Reflecting a Raindrop. Okay, welcome back. In this episode, I look to the rain as nature's active pursuit of our hearts, and I read some excerpts from Thoreau. So we'll get to that in a second, but first, today's random window. Laughter is life's steam being vented out. I absolutely love to laugh, and I love to make others laugh. It's very soulful. Laughter is to emotions as jazz is to music. It's unexpected and eventful. You don't know where it's taking you, but it bounces, and it keeps you smiling. From scientists to comedians, nobody can completely figure out laughter. They can't definitively break it down, and I hope they never do. On to the main topic, reflecting a raindrop. With rain, nature is reaching out and brushing her fingers along our cheek. She's lightly patting our forehead. She's tickling the groove between our knuckles on the back of our hand. Rain is the most tangible connection nature makes with us. Everyone feels rain at one time or another. In fact, for many, it's the only time they ever have to cope with nature. That's why it's so beautiful and valuable, because it is so pervasive in our lives when it's brought to life. Nature is reaching out and brushing against everyone's cheek, very softly and often very quietly. In my life, I want to be as the raindrop, a single universe, constantly in motion, reaching out to brighten the world, to be as malleable and pure-spirited as water. That's a life's quest. But not only do I see the beauty in emulating the rain, I also see the importance of reflecting this olive branch of nature. Just as nature reaches to us, I feel like we need to always reach to nature. It is the reciprocation of nature's offerings we daily avoid or forget. Nature is everywhere. As you have seen in many of my random windows, I often find nature in the smallest of the small, in the forgotten crevices crouching under the weight of our civilized tread marks. But she is there. Nature is squeezing through, always at the ready for when we need her. But noticing nature is not enough, I feel. We have to engage nature at times, the same way she engages us. This may be just a simple walk along a dirt path lined with trees, or a simple bike ride off the beaten path through some open space. Today I was hiking in the woods, and the experience never ceases to surprise me. Everything inside my mind and within my spirit quiets down and is so immediately aware, so openly affected and infected by the trees and boulders and even the path of dirt I so diligently follow. 
Emerson and Thoreau were great at getting out and interacting with nature. They both walked very often. Wordsworth and Coleridge were just as active in the Lake District. Thoreau even has an essay entitled Walking that came about from a lecture he gave a few times. Let me read a few lines from that work that really pack a wallop for me at the end. Quote, I think that I cannot preserve my health and spirits unless I spend four hours a day at least, and it is commonly more than that, sauntering through the woods and over the hills and fields, absolutely free from all worldly engagements. You may safely say, a penny for your thoughts, or a thousand pounds. When sometimes I am reminded that the mechanics and shopkeepers stay in their shops not only all the forenoon, but all the afternoon too, sitting with crossed legs, so many of them, as if the legs were made to sit upon and not to stand or walk upon. I think that they deserve some credit for not having all committed suicide long ago. End quote. I would have to say that I, unfortunately, am one of these sedentary lot that chains themselves to a desk each morning. I have no chance in the day to take in a full breath of the natural world. Most of us are underwater throughout the week, as most jobs demand the majority of our heart for each day we work. And work can be a wonderful thing for some, depending how fulfilling and or enjoyable it may be. But regardless of its merits, it doesn't excuse the ignoring of nature. From his journal in 1857, Thoreau writes, In the streets and in society, I am almost invariably cheap and dissipated. My life is unspeakably mean. No amount of gold or respectability would in the least redeem it. And he then goes on to say, but alone in the distant woods or fields, in unpretending sproutlands or pastures tracked by rabbits, even in a bleak and, to most, cheerless day like this, when a villager would be thinking of his inn, I come to myself. I once more feel myself grandly related, and that cold and solitude are friends of mine. I suppose that this value, in my case, is equivalent to what others get by church-going and prayer. I come home to my solitary woodland walk as the homesick go home. I thus dispose of the superfluous and see things as they are, grand and beautiful. I have told many that I walk every day about half the daylight, but I think they do not believe it. I wish to get the Concord, the Massachusetts, the America, out of my head and be sane a part of every day. He is quite the electric charge of inspiration. When reading his words, I am always taken back. The intensity of emotion he harbored for life and nature is unfiltered, unshielded. His passionate voice bursts from his soul to rest on paper seemingly only for a moment before striking me in the heart, for surely he wrote this down only this morning. Such natural energy cannot be but hours old. But getting to his point, he sees his solitary walk in the woods or the fields as his chance to inject some sanity into his day. 
He wishes to shed civilization's clutter like the severe weight words like Concord and America force upon his life and spend some time with just his naked spirit and nature. We all must live in civilization and society and we benefit greatly from it and so did he. He's not dismissing America. He's simply trying to get away for a time and put everything into perspective. A civilized life the country we live in, the rules we follow, this complicated game, we all buy into it, some more than others. And there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, in millions of ways, it's very right. But it's just a game that seems very real. Thoreau saw this game as merely one aspect of a healthy, full life. He saw it as a sliver but most of us allow it to consume most of our thoughts, and for some, it consumes them all. But fortunately, nature is relentless. She pushes us from deep down within our minds and souls, and she pushes through the plastic walls of our best defense-laden towns and cities. It's simply up to us to notice her and include her in our lives. Thus, with the rain am I courted, and today I turn into the woods to walk with her, and I am lifted up to myself, to where I should be, such a great single day, simply from reflecting a raindrop. That brings us to a close, so until next time, I wish you well, and don't forget to follow nature's lead.